Welcome back to Down the HR Rabbit Hole, uh, where we're going to continue on our part two of our four-part series on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, part one was amazing. Well, Roz and Joe, you did fantastic. We're looking forward to, to part two, and, and I'm really excited about what three and four are going to be like. So, Philip, if you don't mind, um, introduce our part two topic and what we'll be talking about today. So if you've tuned in last week, you know already that we've defined DEI, that is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and so today, what I think what we'd like to do is talk about what it is not. Um, and because in the contrast, I think we can find not only operational application, but we can also, um, I think, get to the meat of it, which is a little bit more, um, it's less about the practicality and more about the heart part of it. So that's a really important thing that has to come in here. We have to, you have to have buy-in for any initiative at any company, no matter how big or small the initiative is. And I think that's exactly what we're going to get to today. Okay. So without further ado, let us begin. My first question to you ladies is how can companies stop, address, fix, help, or and not just or but and move forward it, you know in a resistant model you've got a moment where you can either choose to regress or move forward and we're talking about moving forward today and the best way to do that i think is to define what dei is not so let's get started there well i think one of the biggest mistakes is thinking that dei is limited to hr and it's something that has to encompass the whole organization from the ground up, from the mm. top to the bottom. Whatever way, whatever vertical way you want to see it, it has to encompass everyone. Yeah. And I, Joe, we, we fight about this all the time. Not fight, that's not a different word, but we're just so disappointed when, when we think DEI, we think about legal risk or someone will call us in and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, we're, we're facing a lawsuit or someone's threatening suit and we've got to get this program. DEI is not about I insulating a company from, from a lawsuit or from any type of legalities. That's and I think that's a huge, huge misnomer. It's so, and if we're limiting ourselves to that, you're missing out so much with your company. And um, it's, it's so much bigger than that. And if I could, if I can just level set, guys. Just, uh, Joe, can we just take a couple minutes here and let me? Sure. Yeah, I mean, let, let, let's level let's set, level okay? Set. Let's level set. So, of course, you've got your legal risk. In addition to that, you're going to have reputational risk. So what is a reputational risk? It's, it's what do people think about your company? What do people think about your brand? What do people think about um, um, the work that you do? And your biggest cheerleaders, are, it's going to come from inside. It's what are your employees saying? What are your employees putting in the out atmosphere out there about your company? Are they happy? Are they sad? That's going to affect your business and the way that you do business. And, and businesses with bad reputation, Joe, I don't think they, they do too well. You know, no, they, they don't. Whatever. And with all the social media out there today, a disgruntled employee can easily go yeah. and on any one of these platforms, Glassdoor, or LinkedIn, exactly. and, and, and describe the, the culture or what they don't like about the company. So if you have somebody that maybe sees the job description that thinks it's for them, yeah. but then sees these comments exactly. from two employees who have worked there, exactly. that's not something you're going to right. apply for. So in addition to legal, you've got your reputational that sometimes we don't think about. And you could be missing out on some great, innovative, creative minds out there. Yes, by not diversifying. Yes. Yeah. Opportunity cost. Exactly. Really Absolutely. That's a huge sunk. opportunity cost. 
And and while we're on that, let, let's talk about the operational risks that, I mean, additional legal, we've got a reputational risk. We also have um, operational risk. Operational being if, if, if oh, I had a situation where um, she was a she was a school teacher, and I mean, top of the line. I mean, she was the best at on, on the staff. However, she had over 364 sick leave days over a period of three years, and she took it upon herself to because she knew that she could to take a leave of absence because she didn't feel appreciated. She felt discriminated against. So, what company wants to pay for a very talented worker that's not coming to work? because they're not happy there or they don't feel the quality that should flow you know, within there. Well, they feel they can't be there themselves exactly. in an organization yeah. and that kind of stifles any kind of productivity exactly. or creativity. So then you spend any money you know, for not having the person there and you're losing on that end and you're also losing money because the talent that you're replacing her with, it's not, you know, it's not going to get you, you know, the same results that she did. So it's not just legal it's not just reputational it's not operational that alone and another risk you know we we health risk you know keeping employees happy and healthy that impacts productivity yes it does and and the turn and thinking of in those terms the turnover costs yes. of replacing an employee yes. retraining a new employee exactly. that that takes time effort and money and you know, and the bottom line, Joe, and we, we talk about this all the time, the bottom line is all of these things lead to one thing, and that's an economic risk, and the risk to that you're taking with your shareholders, the risk that you're taking with not bringing in the dollars that you know that you could bring in, simply because we did not, you know, we thought that diversity was simply, you know, insulating yourself from, from some type of legality. It's so much more than that. So we want to make it a point to make sure that when we're understanding diversity, when we're implementing these programs, that we're not simply doing it for a legal reason or because to protect yourself against the law. It's all the other things that we just previously discussed as well. Yes, and if, you ha if you're interviewing somebody and, you know, sometimes women or people of color They'll, they'll be happy to accept a, a, a salary of, let's say, 45000 But if that person who's interviewing knows that that position can pay up to $60,000 and you're taking that person because yes. they're so happy to have a $45,000 salary, you're not saving the company 15000 In your head in that moment, you're thinking, I'm saving my company. But in the long run, you might not be yeah. wow. because and of all the things we just spoke about. Yeah, okay. That's really, really, really interesting to yeah. me. I, I want to butt in just a little bit because I, I, I want to unpack all, all of that in, in from a perspective of as an HR person who in the past has dealt many, many, many times with this and working with clients who have these kinds of questions all day, every day. Um, what I have inferred is that there are other costs to oh. the employees yes. who are not in these DEI yes. protected classes, for example, or in these uh, disabled groups, or I could go down the list of all the various classes. There are other costs. So when one quits, you have people who have to carry the load. That leads to burnout. Burnout is a number one contributor to disengagement, turnover, and so on. So uh, to, to go through all of this, I, I want to also add 
that there is a perspective from a um, from an HR management point of view that has to do with um, other employees. So even those who may be perpetrating in this cultural um, glut of of resistance, maybe they're unaware of the own of the of the cost to themselves of their own um, uh, predisposition. So. That being said, I have a question about that kind of predisposition. So a very common question that I hear is, why is it not just based on merit? Why can't I just hire people based on merit? And I can give two things up front. Mm -hmm. For businesses that are larger than 100 mm -hmm. employees, you have mm -hmm. an EEO-1 report every mm -hmm. single year that you have to produce to the government, federal government, or the EEO commission to demonstrate your compliance with the EEO. And furthermore, um, you, uh, if you're doing any kind of government contracting, you also have um, extensive um, uh, compliance burdens on that front. So um, there's a culture of resentment that can ar arise out of that. So why not about merit? Tell it me why that may be confused or whatever. No, it's not confusing. I mean, it's, it's all about merit. It's always about merit. What about the best merit? And how do you know that you're getting the best merit if you're limiting your merit to one class, one group, one race? One look. One look, you know? So absolutely we want merit. Yay, let's go for that. But let's, let, let's, let's look at merit in a way that's equal and equitable and diverse so that not only are you getting merit you know horizontally but you're also getting it vertically up and down you're getting just a, a just a very robust um workforce and and you're getting truly truly the best of the best um and let, let's be real philip let's 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 be real okay oh you've got the degree from wherever and and you've got this much experience and and clearly on paper you you, you have the merit and and let's face it, you're, let's say that you're, you're a white male. And what are you going to bring the, to the table versus you know, someone who also has merit that, that, that may be a person of color or a female or that can look at something from a different perspective or bring a new idea to the table, but because you didn't dig deep enough and you didn't diversify or because um, you, you just wanted to stop it with this merit from a, a certain race or type or group of person, then you've really, really lost out. And you've cheated yourself out of, you know, a great opportunity. So it is always about merit, and it always will be about merit. I think that's one of the misconceptions when people hear about diversity. They think that it replaces merit. Yeah. And it, it's so much beyond yeah. that. Yeah, and let's go back to the impediment, Joe. Is is that what people think, or is it, or is it a blocker that you're putting up, or is it an excuse not to, right. uh, not not to implement DEI? So, DEI, Philip, you know, it, it's not about merit, you know, um, per se, that about hiring the most qualified person. You know, it's it's about hiring the most qualified person amongst all the groups, not just one particular group. And I know. think it is even goes beyond merit to include experience because somebody could come in and have all the degrees in the world, but they might not know that business. And you might not yeah. you might have another person who has no degrees they but has so much experience in yeah. that field. Right. Yeah. Might know the customer or a process or did something similar but just doesn't have that piece of paper to say 
this is this is what I'm capable of. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. I agree with you. I um, in grad school we um, studied a very famous case. Um, we was all case studies every mm. freaking day. It was case studies, <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of them was on a very um, global company that is well known by everybody from every corner of the earth and they have large operations in Africa and everyone in their management in Africa is not African. <laughs> They've yeah. all come from other parts of the world. They're yeah. literally expat, expats uh, placed in Africa to manage these uh, massive plants and they're, they're hailed with these plants are hailed as these wonderful exemplars of, um, of, um, investment in, in underprivileged, underserved communities and so forth. But not one of them is paying any higher than minimum wage to anyone other than the expats. It's really funny. And I yeah. and that wasn't even the point of the case. Yeah. It was what I read and what I researched over the course of a couple of weeks of class yeah. where I understood, wow, my gosh, they're just missing the whole point exactly. in this case. Exactly, exactly. And not only that, but the the customer base were all people who were working in the plants mm -hmm. and it was or or even uh even more uh subordinated people yeah. in across the, the continent of africa which is a really interesting thing to me so um so that being said i, I took a little digression there but why on earth do companies do that okay so there's a misinterpretation of of how to apply the DEI there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a mm -hmm. it's a quota thing. It's not a um, can somebody who's working in the plant doing the manual labor tell me how to better serve our customers? You know, and Philip, let let's not. I think one thing that we um, left out of our conversation that we absolutely want to get our point across is, is implicit bias. You know, we absolutely um, let let let's. Let, let's talk about that for a second and discuss that. A, a lot of times, you know, we, we, we do things and we simply aren't aware. And we do, we've done things for so long in a certain way. And not forget about the impact or the magnitude that it has upon your company, upon society as a whole. But, you know, we, we don't realize that what we're doing is, is, is not okay. It's just the way that we've always done it. And this is what a workforce look like, and this is your place in the workforce, and this is the other person's place in the workforce. And, and again, you know, we c it goes back to opportunity and, and, and missing out on that opportunity. And the great thing um, when we get to um, our fourth session is, is building a program so that you're capturing those implicit biases. You know, how do you know that you're doing it? How do you, you know, who's calling out the bias? And, 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 and how do you bring it to the forefront that, Oh my gosh! I'm looking at my staff. My senior management team is all one certain race. You know, it's it's not diverse. So, um, again, just I implicit bias in the sense that we don't understand what we're doing and we don't recognize what we're doing. We just expect things to look a certain way and to be a certain way, and we just continue doing it. Yeah. You're so right, Roz. And it could happen in the in the smallest area yeah. where you're not yeah. even realizing yeah. you're projecting yeah. that. Let's yeah. take a website. What do you have on your website? Who, what faces are reflected? Or, or better yet, and, and, and really quickly, guys, as I might digress, I'm, you know, I, when you walk into a company on your first day on the gig, the first thing that you want to do is you want to walk into the business and you look around and you just want to breathe and you want to sniff, just sniff the air. 
you can smell the culture. You know immediately. <laughs> yeah. You just know immediately <laughs> what you're walking into and what you have to fix. And so it's it's day one, and I, I go in, and I'm like, and you've already seen the, the chit. You, you've already seen the background. You, you know, you know, you have the stats, and I look over, and yeah, there's there's you know 18 employees that are you know Asian or of a certain race, and I look, and the 18 employees are all sitting in the corner. So you've checked off the box, you've made your numbers, but everybody's siloed, and 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 they're in one department, you know, the IT department, and and we've got them. You know, corralled in, in, in these certain positions Almost where we segregated themselves, and we don't realize we we don't we we, we that the, the the company when we brought it to senior management's attention, we're like, I had no idea. You're right. You know, we have all this you know talent here, but but look what we've done with it. Yeah, Raz, I, you know, for for the small businesses, you know, because I think I think when when smaller businesses here, DE and I, they I think. Part of it is what well, this is probably just something that that bigger companies have to address, but that's certainly not the case. So for a small business owner, and when I say small business, five to fifty employees, mm-hmm. what should they be thinking about um, as it pertains to this? Because I think the magnitude of of, of how it's represented is no different for them than it is a, f- a ten thousand employee business. What are you what you're thinking about is. Does my workforce, does my product line, does it, it, what I'm doing, my purpose, my mission, does it reflect my community? Does it reflect the people that I serve? You know, what is it that I'm selling? What is it that I'm delivering? And, 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 and the environment and the community around me, um, my staff, my numbers, are, do, are they truly, truly reflective of the community that I serve? And is it truly, truly co- reflective of the community that I want to serve? So if I have, if, if, if to, to speak to those businesses, you want to make sure that, you know, whether it's one employee, whether it's two, you, you want to make sure that you're including everything that you want to capture and that you're also including those things that you don't know that you need to be capturing. And how do you know that? You, you, you listen to our podcast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you, you lead up on Craigslist to, you know, when you have these types of questions, to, to ask you these, make sure that you're being guided in the, in, in the proper direction. You, you Can can't I just say something, too, yeah. about that? Yeah. So I listen to podcasts all day about DEI. Oh. I'm on trainings all day about DEI. I really am. I could say, I would say once every three weeks at least I'm on a training that is by this renowned person or that renowned person. And it's so hard to really pull out a sense of, okay, well, how in the world do I apply it? How in the world do I get it? So I know we're going to hear a little bit more about how to apply in the next two episodes. That, to me, is so encouraging to know that we're going to finally give people an answer. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Well, ladies, thanks again. That's a wrap for part two. So we've got uh, two more parts looking uh, very much to that so thanks again for your time that's going to wrap us up today Uh, thank you for listening to another edition of down the hr rabbit hole we will see you next time